Welcome to the Ashe Spa. Your payment is healing. Please relax in knowing that all your past mothers have birthed, bloomed stars to get to you and lifted nebulas by your ancestors for this moment. And with that, we invite you in. May this guide you and welcome you to fucking which, which are you, a podcast where two black ass mystics explore gender, sexuality, and all the magic that is within the queer ass body. My name is Imani Sims. Uh, sometimes, oh yes, Imani. Sometimes bitch work, Imani. Sometimes you such a fucking brat. Imani. When is that? Sometimes. Uh, 100% of the time. (laughs) Fucking brat. Imani. And I'm joined by the mystical and... See, it's hard. M words are hard. (laughs) (laughs) And midnight majesty. I'm gonna keep that. That would be the name I'd choose if I'd uh, run away and join the burlesque circus. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, it's always uh, so great to be here together and doing Which Which Are You? Again, I'm Maisha, who also got a whole bunch of fun M-words today as adjectives. I'm keeping them. Uh, and my uh, booze, sun, moon, and rising, uh, I'm going with hot, toddy, sun. I'll tell them a little uh, drink, drink for all the seasons, really. Champagne Moon and Jungle Bird Rising. Keeping it nice. from last time. <laughs> nice. You're feeling very like warm, cozy, and fancy. <laughs> fancy up front, and then like a little bubbly extra fancy on the emos Mm -hmm. and then none of that shows up (laughs) in real time (laughs) not one bit rum juice let's go (laughs) rum and assorted juices please (laughs) yes party up front (laughs) no but uh fancy emotions in the back Yes, party up front, fancy emotion in the back. We need that t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm about it. Me too. Today, I am a Black Girl Magic Red Blend Sun, a Perfect Martini Moon, and a Woodford Rye Hot Toddy Rising. also toddies okay i know i just need the cozy of a toddy like up front i'm like come cuddle me but in real life i just want to finish this (laughs) bottle of fucking red wine that black women created and feel magical and my emos leave me alone (laughs) exactly But also don't. And could you make me another martini? Get out of here. A perfect martini. <laughs> yes. 
What's the difference between a, a martini and a perfect martini or a dirty martini and a, a, a um, 007 martini with James Bond? I have so many thoughts about this. Mm-hmm. Here we go. So I often do not find a perfectly balanced drink. The perfect martini is that I also don't drink gin. So for me to not only shift my clear spirit in order to drink this fucking drink, I'm telling you, it's perfect. It is actually perfect. It's floral. It's balanced. It's smooth. Ah, it's, it's what I dream of. I drank too many of them the other day, so I uh, didn't drink it all yesterday because I was... Oh, man. <laughs> You had like three. Then we played Truth or Drink? Yeah. And I was like, that third one, you probably should have drank some water. (laughs) Yeah. It really is only alcohol. It's just booze. It's just alcohol. Yeah. Hold on, Tuesday. Oh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a double shot of Woodford Rye and. Golden State Jamaica Cider. Nice. What are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, what was a double shot of Templeton rye. And... <laughs> Is it gone already? New shot. New shot. It's so far New away. Shot. And <laughs> a Saison that I made. Which Saison is it? Uh, this is the the bitter orange uh, white pepper saison. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? It's so good. I know because you're masterful in the fucking kitchen. It's so good. I'm okay, so stoked uh, for the Concord grape one. Jungle grape boogie. Name? Grape name or do we go with Concordia? Uh, I think we go with Concordia. Concordia. The grape name is hilarious. I mean, <laughs> we could also grape name it. <laughs> Jungle Boogie. That's too funny. <laughs> okay, why don't we talk about this poem first? Of yeah, all. that's a great place to be. Um, so tell me about, um, for those people who don't know what Ashe means or is, how mm-hmm. would you describe Ashe or the Ashe? Mm. That's, wow, that's so big of a question. Oh my gosh, how do you connect ancestral knowledge to like, not only like a, a I see you and, and all, but like into a thing? That's a big question. You got it. I don't know if I got it. <laughs> You're so good at this. I feel like I did it. And that's the answer. Yeah. Seek your ancestors. <laughs> yeah. Legit. Right? right, which which centers around like this connection of, healing and reclamation through ancestral connection, which is hard to do, which is why I also think this is hard. <laughs> yeah, 100. Why this piece today? Like what what inspired you to write this piece? Mm-hmm. And- mm-hmm. So I wrote this piece years and years ago. And I think it was more of like, at the time writing only about healing in uh, for a friend's capstone so Francis Lee whose capstone is amazing right a part of the masses of arts and cultural studies at Eda Bothell but writing about like what 
what is next, right? What is after what should be uh, in creating community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's sort of what like the, the sits in, right? Sort of connecting, right? The idea, which is like uh, recognition, right? like recognition, right? And and if that is and if that is the the space of healing and rejuvenation, let that be uh, an open and welcome thing. Yeah, hell's yeah. Mm-hmm. This wine, please relax in knowing that all your past mothers have birth bloomed stars to get to you and lifted nebulas by your ancestors for this moment. I think in thinking about the ways in which we have to remember in order to move Mm -hmm. forward, this line really captures that moment extremely well um, about how accountable we are to our bloodlines, how integrated into the magic of our bloodlines we are, which then makes our magic extremely unique, which is kind of what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. The stylings of magic and the ways in which it can look different for everyone inherent. I mean, it's going to look different, right? Our ancestors all speak to us individually and tell us how to move in, in magic, in spells, in incantations, craft making, like it's all something that we mm-hmm. remember and this episode is kind of is about that about that how do we get to know our personal style of magic yeah. how do we get to know that level of knowing right and in in bringing right like a what so your parents and then their parents so that's math amount of people right and their parents just for you to exist right Mm-hmm. That's not a far amount of, of people back, but that's still so many people. Right? Yeah. How do how do all of those things, even even if there are, are no connections, right, in that family, right? That's still so many people to make you who you are. And how do how to how does all of that create how you connect to magic, right? Because that that is mm-hmm. how you that is who you are. Yeah. Right? Well, as a part of who you are, right? Not not all that that is all, right? But a Significant chunk. (laughs) Big chunk. (laughs) Big chunk. (laughs) Yeah. So I think in thinking about personal styles of magic, what would you say your personal style of magic is? Fly. Um. (laughs) Hey, my massive flyness. (laughs) I mean, yes, and. So I think we talked about this a little last season, right? And like where we fit in our, our witchery. Like our, our haberdashery, right? <laughs> Excellent <laughs> use of the word haberdashery. <laughs> Maisha, I'm not talking with you today. <laughs> it's such a good word. It's a fun word to say. Say haberdashery and you cannot be like, that's fun. <laughs> it is. It's, it's fun. And that's why I think whatever it is I was saying was really on track and on point, And I believed it. Because of the use of haberdashery. Because of the use of haberdashery. We were talking about your personal style of magic and what is Yes. Great. Not making sure that haberdashery has a continued and prolonged life in the English language. Because I'm I'm pretty sure we just brought it back, right? Coco style is disappearing. It lives. (laughs) It lives. It lives. Um, so my style of magic. 
rooted in in kitchen witchery in kitchen witch aesthetic styles and practices <laughs> sort of like that's that's really like the the center of where my style of magic like exists in is like how can I build and create things to support my healing um support healing of others so that could look like uh cooking and things that could look like uh blending herbs for teas or for spiritual connections or creating a or blend for a bath right it could be in uh brewing beer because it's now a hobby that i have since uh, our lives in this pandemic <laughs> yes brewmaster maisha eventually <laughs> right so my my style of magic is gathering tools and resources of healing really on the fly though I like how yeah <laughs> just like quick <laughs> and again fly <laughs> all day every day can't stop won't stop <laughs> I like that I'm you have a train it. by you oh yeah um I live by train tracks everyone so welcome to the train I like it. It is what it is. What's your style of magic? Uh, my style of magic. Hmm. I think when I think about my style of magic, it's very intuitive. A lot of what I know, mm-hmm. I don't know because I went to like plant school. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what I know, I know because I spend a lot of time with my fucking ancestors and oftentimes I will bring them a question and they will bring me an answer in herbs or a bath or in ritual. Uh, and so I, I'm very used to letting them guide me through it, which I mean, might sound a little bananas, but that's this what I personal know. Personal witch style. Well, it can't be bananas because it's personal. <laughs> You're right. So a lot of it is deep listening. I guess that's my mm. that's my personal magic is a lot of listening. And I mean, I met my first like witch like 10 years ago and they mm. were like, oh my God, you're such a ritualist. And I think it's because a lot of what I do is turning making the everyday a ritual. And so a lot of my magic is housed in that ritual, that repetitive, mundane, the shit that nobody wants to do. That like commitment, it is very committed. I think my magic, it is redundant. It is resilient. It is not for the faint of heart like every day I get up and you know make my ancestors tea weekly refresh my ancestor altar uh refresh my working altar my whole my house is all altars set up to you know the the council to the folks that I work with and I think that type of tedium is not for everyone and so it's it's definitely committed, which is hilarious because I have commitment issues. 
Well, I mean, I'm not saying nothing about that, but great use of, uh, nope, it's gone away. Dang it. gone it's gone i watched it go away too well there it goes it's cool to medium yes there it is great use spectacular yes i don't i don't think people get to know that it, that tedious gets to show up in multiple ways as it does so well done and it's all right that uh commitment can show up in different ways in your life facts it just does. It does. Commitment shows up in different ways in all of our lives. You're right. Um, okay. So if uh, you're going to offer advice to our community of listeners, mm-hmm. uh, what would you, how would you guide them through identifying and like moving in their personal style of magic? I think follow intuition, right? So like stick with the intuitive, which is hard to do, especially if you're like, what is magic, right? What are mystic things and which things, right? You will follow any of the Instagrams that are like, it looks like this, right? It looks like uh, your really big rose quartz wand on this really fancy thing. And... Ah. Yeah, and all of these herbs that you can't afford on another fancy thing, right? In like a uh, crystal mortar and pestle, which is a horrible, Mm -hmm. horrible stone for a mortar and pestle. But, right, it's easy to be influenced, right? And it's easy to have influences drown out what is intuitive, which is why intuition is is so hard to connect to. Facts. So following, following what feels right what feels good what feels natural is a hard thing to listen to but also like how one begins to like build a personal style of magic right which could mean maybe magic is just in what you wear maybe magic is in the adornment right again Mm -hmm. not my style of magic because I'm like let me wear all the things that just match and I never will buy Anything that doesn't match a color scheme that I've already built, which means I have black shirts and I have white shirts. <laughs> and then I have jeans. That's not true. I don't own one pair of blue jeans anymore. I have black jeans and I have gray jeans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. But maybe I mean, you're not me and you got it. You got it in, in adornment, right? Adornment is where your magic lives. You know how to uh, add things to to yourself or others to to invoke healing uh shine right and self-confidence facts no lie i feel like that's rihanna's magic like the entire fenty line is about (laughs) aesthetic and like building your aesthetic and building like what you connect with as beautiful Mm -hmm. so i'm convinced that that's an aesthetic which oh probably that makes sense I'm about it because I know you loved all of the the fashion show multiple times and now have every Fenty, anything. I mean, most of the the new Fenty (laughs) I I own. It's pretty, it's pretty intense, but. You know, those boxes were gone in seconds. I know. They were, everybody was like, what? Rihanna's doing boxers? And it, it's a wrap. So. I'm hoping that she'll continue to expand into the realm of like 
gender non-conforming mm-hmm. wear so that you know let me get these shorts boxers and robes are available was there a robe did you get a robe I did not get a robe. I don't wear robes because I don't. Why? I'm not about to put on a full ass lingerie set to cover it with a robe. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not. <laughs> I also don't see the point of a robe when I can put on a sweatshirt. Like, but then um, nah. how would you do your like a uh, sexy fan dance? What does that you know? I'm not sexy uh, fan uh, dancing to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put on a full lingerie set, lay on the bed and be like, photograph me. And then, and then, and then also, oh, okay. that, I don't, I don't want to have to do work in lingerie. I just want to look pretty. Oh, I'm still, lingerie still is an, an idea that eludes me, but I understand, <laughs> <laughs> but I understand the point of adornment. So I'm like, yeah. Lingerie is adornment. Adornments. Okay. Pretty things for pretty things. I get it. Facts. In so many colors. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the mood. Lingerie sets the mood. Yeah. What mood is that? How, what, what is the... I mean, okay. I can only speak for me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. And when I put on lingerie, I feel so hot and so mm-hmm. empowered. And like, if I'm just naked, it's just me naked. I mean, I'm shea buttered, smelling delicious. So mm-hmm. that's great. But lingerie is a real like, mm. I'm like, I picked the color. I picked the cut specifically to fit whatever mood I'm trying to present. So I'd be like, let's go. If I'm going to set the mood, you need to do the follow through. All right. Adornment, which is let us know how you build a magical practice around adornment. Yes, DM us. We would love to mm-hmm. hear about your adornment practices. Yeah. Because I think, also, like, I see you there. are well. Also, <laughs> Please send us <laughs> photos. Thanks. You stoked? Oh, so stoked. Look how stoked you are. <laughs> send me photos of your adornment. Yes, please and thank you. Yes, Maisha, you were saying. What are magical adornments? Because you got stoked and stoked. Mm-hmm. Magical adornments. My magical adornments tend to be collars and leashes and masks and lace and leather. And that's about it. But magical adornment can be anything that you would like to adorn yourself. Oh, also, I often tend to carry like bags that are animals or like stuffed animals because i think it's hilarious and cute so you do love those i do i almost bought another i almost bought a pink and black like patent leather bear today because uh, i have a credit and i was like am i gonna buy this bear right now i mean maybe do i need this bear no i don't need this bear i just want this bear backpack and i'm gonna be mad if it sells out and i don't have the pink bear backpack so i'm still thinking about it because I have Obviously a dead thinking unicorn real already. Hard. You do have a unicorn. And my unicorn is adorable. The unicorn is very, very cute. I want a bear. You want a bear? What type of bear? I want a bear and a dragon. 
You want a bear and a dragon. Do you want a bear to be a dragon or just like a bear riding a dragon or separate animals? Separate animals. I really want this patent leather bear purse. And I'm considering if I can get a black dragon with gold wings as a purse, I'm on. Fit lots of, okay. Uh, can you fit lots of things in them? I don't, no, again. No, that's not the point. Oh, sorry. I don't understand. Of the animal bag. <laughs> got, it, no. got it, got it, got it, got it. I can fit all the thin things that I need in uh-huh. the bag. Lip gloss, cards, phone, a light snack, like a Jolly Rancher, now and later. A light snack? Yo, those, that's like a, an inch of candy. Yes. Okay. It is not meant, it is about the aesthetic, not about the storage space. Got it, got it, got it. This is why I carry your things when you have these key packs. This is why you carry my things. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's always like a leftover bag and oh a bag God, of booze that I bought at the store. And I'm like, but I don't, <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> okay, so we I have on the list right my things. Oh, I got it. Uh, I walk around with a backpack in case I need to carry things. I'm so appreciative. I, well, I wish well for you and your bag adventure. Thanks. Mm-hmm. That was not what we were talking about, though. It's an, it's an adornment. <sighs> it is an That's adornment. an adornment. It's such it an unnecessary adornment, but. It's but you adornment. love it, which makes it a necessary adornment. What are some other types of... Am I supposed to be rationalizing this for you? I cannot. (laughs) Oh, no. I've already rationalized, but it doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) What are some other types of uh, personal magics that you've seen? All all types of magics are types of personal magic. Ooh, are we talking about sex magic as a personal style of magic? That's a t- that's a type of personal magic. So yes, <laughs> all types of magic are types of personal magic, and I think that's like the hardest part of recognizing and fulfilling and in growing in a style of magic is recognizing that all types of magics are personal magics because you as an individual are doing them, and thus it is personal. And nobody can do it the way that you do it, and that your magic has its own like systems values that connect to like a larger understanding of magic in our society right like those are when I say uh kitchen witchery right is part of my personal side of magic right that requires an understanding of like historical values in cooking right and the where the histories are coming in the types of cooking that I do and the types of like gathering and sourcing materials I'm using for any of the things right so like there's a lot, right, that that is behind an understanding of personal magic and in understanding any types of magic because you're bringing in your histories, right, and expanding, right, that history forward. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, sex magic is a type of personal magic. What is what does that look like? Do you actually, st- do you still practice sex magic? Yes, all the time. How, I did how not is, practice sex magic last night, but tonight I'm on it. Got it. Because yesterday was too many martinis. Uh, also, I feel like, I don't know. There are, I think there are general like guidelines to sex magic, right? I think mm-hmm. orgasms are very potent ways of manifesting. 
So mm-hmm. in general, like if you're going to work the sex magics, like at least be, I mean, try to be intentional about it. Right. And also this is why I believe about the magic of sex workers, because they literally like gift manifesting to people. Mm-hmm. And like, that's fucking hard work to do. Like yeah. holding a container, building a sex ritual around like making sure that whomever whomevers are like on the receiving end of this container can manifest the thing that they're hoping to manifest that's a lot of work that's valuable fucking work i feel like sex workers should be the highest paid individuals in the world yeah and right like people are like oh yes oldest job but like oldest job because it was was a part of our as part of human religious practices right hello so that part uh, someone who have sex with a, a, a high high mistress right as getting closer connection to like a higher being and then that child would be a demigod come on so what part like i don't i don't understand sex works has been is a history of magic history of magic so some of the most magical beings on the planet if not the highest of magical beings on the planet. Literally the highest. I also just want to say that like they were the pastors and priests before pastors and priests existed. Mm-hmm. They were the gateway to God before, you know, fucking anyway, I don't, I'm not going to get on that soapbox. I don't know. I feel like we got uh, as a, as people who have a podcast, our podcast is just different spaces of soapboxes that we stand on. So, you know, you can feel free to take different and any or all soapboxes because we built them and they're ours. <laughs> was, was someone going to say like... no? Bitch, where are you? We're recording right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're because the highest beings to God were oracles and priestesses and uh you know high folk femme folk with vaginas (laughs) literally opening portals in order for Mm -hmm. folks to get closer to god i feel like the pout face happened and you know toxic masculinity stepped in and was like no fuck that let's talk about how like they're less than. Let's talk about dicks, how dicks, dicks, dicks. dicks. <laughs> That's how I feel. And I just am really an advocate for the reclaiming of, you know, the priestesshood because I, I actually like as creators, right? As the capability, mm-hmm. as bodies that have the capability to create and recreate, we mm-hmm. in turn are capable of manifesting lots of fucking things so like that container is not to be taken or treated lightly Mm. so with so holding holding the history knowledge and value of sex magic and sex workers how can you build a well-rounded personal style of magic how have i i will rephrase that how have you built a personal style of magic how did I build my magic? A lot of my magic was built based on like listening to other witches in the world. Mm. 
reading a lot. Uh, I am a story keeper and a storyteller. So a lot of the magic that I have in my body or that echoes in my bones uh, was found in story, found in Black authors retelling folk tales, found in conversations with other Black folk who practice magic, Black queer folk in particular who practice magic. Um, there's a type of like ancestral remembering that Black mm. queer folk are moving through at this mm. and in this moment. Um, but I think it's really important. And so I sit at the feet of a lot of queer ancestors, sit at the feet of a lot of living queer Black folk who also identify as witches and magicians. Mm -hmm because there's there's a whole telling that I think is coming and I don't know that that thing has been written in its entirety yet but mm -hmm. I I can like feel the momentum of mm -hmm. this like very queer magic returning to the black body so well that's dope and I'm gonna hold on to that for forever <laughs> <laughs> How have you built your personal style? I was thinking about this answer and thinking about like how I first accessed like voice, right? Really, really quiet kid. And I didn't talk to a lot of people for a very long time, but I played music instead. Mm. And music was always like a first, like easy, a first affinity that was easy to access. Um, not easy to do, excuse me, it's hard, but like easy to access. This idea of having things speak through you, right? So having music speak through you or having food or, right? Or other consumable things speak through you, right? And consume like either like heard, ingested, right? Things that can be given and, and partaking of the body, right? is was like the building blocks of of creation of my magic style and it's just sort of built to be even more queer and transient has was already right um so continuing to to build on and highlight right the my trans and queer ancestors right or transcestors and push that forward into my magic right so that could that can look like continuing hanky code, right? Right, this uh, code, right? That's predominantly white because like history of queer codes are white, right? But continuing and even in like beer making, right? It's a, a practice in the US, right? That's predominantly done by uh, by slaves because of just like the nature of who's making the alcohol, right? So we, we all know that like Jack Daniels, right? even uh, poor whiskey as it is now, right? The recipe, which once was delicious, <laughs> right? Of because that's of who was making and who was making uh, things to be consumed, right? So a style, my style really is, is built on the gift of consumption. Mm -hmm. And all of the people that, that goes into building that. Yeah. I want to take us one step deeper and like open up the space to talk about how much like 
African diaspora, like black ass magic Mm -hmm. was consumed and how much practice was built on, you know, lands that didn't belong to us. And Mm -hmm. we had to like build a contract with the land in order to practice magic. And then Mm -hmm. once we built our like magic practice that then was turned into a culture and then that black magic being consumed and created Mm -hmm. what we now know as American culture, what we now know as Mm -hmm. hip hop, what we now know as a baseline for culture in America Mm -hmm. is, is big. And, and to be such an integral part of a nation and then Mm -hmm. also be simultaneously erased Um, I feel like that's a lot, uh, a big reason as to why there's so much remembering surrounding, Mm -hmm. you know, being a Black American and also magical. (laughs) There's so much remembering that has to happen. Which is like a difficult space to navigate, right? So like, if continuing, right, I'm going to continue my connection of, of magic, right, and, and thinking through food and food history, um, mm-hmm. and then thinking through uh, music and music history, right, like, my uncle smoked meats for family gatherings, right, so my my paternal side, all from Mississippi, right, um, and then moved to California in the great immigration, right, so smoked meats um, a part of what family gatherings would be, which is an odd thing in California, right? But like very much like barbecue being the being a, a black tradition, right? Especially mm-hmm. in the United States and what we understand of of American barbecue being black traditions. This this knowing that I I cannot right because I don't have access and space right to barbecue and that the the recipes and connection to a right? A, a natural human way of cooking, right? Cooking food on fire for long periods of time, right? How all people all over I mean, the world, right? This is how food is <laughs> consumed, right? This, this understanding that like, this is a connection of, of ancestors and connection of, of humanity and, but mostly like black ancestors in the United States that I cannot continue to access and move like, and, and move forward. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I have spaces where I cannot do that. Right. And like the knowledge of, of barking really barking really lives with lived with him. Right. Uh, lives in mm-hmm. uh, live. Right. Is current in as it is dying currently as he is currently dying. Right. But the same this the same with music. Right. So we we can all like be like, yeah, yes. Right. Like jazz is a black thing. Right. We can all say, yes, jazz things. But like how far does that go back right in in the question of jazz blues and music that is that is of the united states right so like the the ways that music cooking traditions have been mixed into right the indigenous practices in north america and the united states that continues to build right what is the u.s is an is a hard place to hold and then move forward your magic mm-hmm. so like in not in holding right the the histories of like magic succeeding but also the ways that magic has has died for you to continue to move forward yeah 
the ways in which magic has died in order for you to move forward. That's a word. Damn. Welcome back to Which Witch Are You? <laughs> we took a break. You didn't. Yeah, that part. <laughs> Unless you did. And for a cultivate today, we're talking about witch hazel because it has witch in the name. And it's a plant. So it fits the section. Plant. So witch hazel is like a, a shrub, which again, one of my favorite types of plants because who doesn't love a shrub? Shrubbery. Shrubbery. Uh, so witch hazel, which is all across the, the world, um, is again, a fun shrub that decided to be weird uh, and then used in a lot of medicinal uh, practices. So how did it decide to be weird? One, it said, eh, seeds are cool, but I'd rather throw them. So uh, Chinese witch hazel in particular says, you know what? I really like having seeds. That's cool. I could be like other plants that has seeds and drops my seeds, or I could be different and decide to throw them. Uh, so what like the plant will do is like sort of like uh, shrink and make sort of like a more fibrous base of its seed. So much so that the uh, shell of the seed cracks and the force of the, the tension uh, throws the seed, right? So a way of germinating larger amounts of space and space for the, the plant to have room to grow. Two, for some reason, witch hazel decided that um, October to December was the time to bloom. So like, especially around Halloween, was like this is the time right so it's like the last bit of time for bees before hibernation um for like moths bu um, butterflies and like other pollinators uh of like this is it this is my time and then it has weird fun flowers then instead of being like flower decides to grow weird spindly twirling odd shaped finger-like uh, <laughs> uh, petals. So why why witch hazel, witch hazel for the win? Because it's weird and I like it. It's such a fun looking plant that if you haven't seen a photo of witch hazel, just look it up. It's a fun, fun weird looking plant. What are some ways that listeners can use witch hazel? If you are into um aromatherapy things or uh natural homeopathic things you've seen witch hazel a whole bunch right witch hazel things for your skin witch hazel in your um soaps right and all of your facial soaps because like witch hazel is known as the skin healer so what supports is like skin irritation minor cuts scrapes it is, is meant to soothe and support the growth of your your skin which is really great right it's uh Sensor often uh, used uh, through distillation. Also, weird fun fact, uh, witch hazel is one of the few plants that are approved by the FDA. <laughs> so the, F the, the US uh, FDA has approved witch hazel in uses of skin, like minor scrapes, cuts, and skin irritation. Boom, FDA. Weird fun facts. But why it's called witch hazel, right? Not for its 
fun other witch properties that I've named. Mm-hmm. Right. But comes mm-hmm. from weird middle like or like older English terms, right? For its its need and for its flexibility. So like in witch spelled with a Y or Wythe with a C H E. Um, because the plant, uh, if it was taken right where a branch sprouted into two, right? So it forked, it was used for dowsing rods. Um, because what it would the fuck is in, a dowsing rod. Okay, so the dowsing rods are things I've always wanted to do, and I have tried with random sticks as a youth. So dowsing rods are where you take a stick <laughs> slash branch, right? Again, it is uh, it's supposed to have a fork, and you use that to find water underground. And the dowsing rod, right, or divining rod um, would help you find water in barren or, you know, landscapes. I mean, that sounds like some witchy-ass shit. It does. The thing is, like, it, it would, the, the, the folklore is that it would move, right, or it would shake. So, like, making it really easy to, to divine. Yeah. <laughs> so, it'd be really, really great, right? This is why I learned from cartoons that dowsing wads rods are real. So I was like, I know I can totally do that. Living in a desert, growing up in a desert, I can just take a stick and the stick will help me find water. Not chew. Maybe I should have used witch hazel, but it does not grow too much in the, <laughs> um, you know, in Southern California. But, <laughs> you know, I could have tried. <laughs> the hazel part of witch hazel comes from uh, the plant similarity to hazelnut the other plant so they're like eh, hazelnut not hazelnut okay well nice, <laughs> different hazelnut name it a different hazelnut hazelnut that means finding water or flexible hazelnut that one which hazel done we did it thanks <laughs> farmer's almanac for again continuing and supporting my knowledge which you know as someone who used to get their yearly farmer's almanac i always appreciate <laughs> Until I was at least 16, I got a farmer's almanac every year as if somehow I was like, "Mm, I just want to know when the moon was rising and I should be planting my things in our apartment. What? You didn't get a, you didn't get a a yearly farmer's almanac to know when all the moon things were? No? That was just me? Okay. Such a plant witch. (laughs) I I just want to know. Now I know. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, what have you used with Chazel before? I'm running away from that. Uh, I'm not doing that. Shush. It's gone okay. now. No one needs to okay. know about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 I, okay. I promise that my parents, there was like a farmer's almanac from like 98. This <laughs> eight-year-old my show was like, I want to know. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. It had it had tides and everything. Okay. <laughs> A whole ass mood. I have only used witch hazel on my face as part of my facial regimen uh, in high school when I really thought that I had terrible acne when in reality I just like needed to drink more water. But uh, (laughs) so I used witch hazel for a while to try to even out my like skin and then I discovered that I have oily skin and there were, were whole lines of skincare that would cater to that. So, but that's my only real experience with, with Hazel. 
So it also smells really funny. So mm. yeah, the the very often bark is used in like a um, sort of like distilling means. And all as most barks, right? There are very few barks that smell awesome. Cinnamon being one of the few. <laughs> yeah, I gets it. Yeah. <laughs> so running, making sure we're running far, far away. Hello, dog. From um, the, the farmer's almanac. Want to pull these cards? Yeah. And I pulled one card uh, for the show, and I pulled Onija. Cowrie out of the Akamara Tarot. Um, and Cowrie uh, in this deck uh, represents the suit of pentacles, the element of earth. Um, and Cowrie uh, were at one point a form of currency, um, but are now used as like divining tools. And so this particular card represents the Knight of Pentacles, which in this deck uh, correlates to both Virgo and Leo. When it's aware, it's very like slow and steady progress, faithful, honorable, dependable. Uh, when it's in stillness or when it's stuck, it's very like lazy, neglecting obligations or withdrawn. And so when I think about um, getting to know your own personal style of magic, it can be very slow, steady. It's about the practice. It's about the tedium of it all. But at the end of all of that, there's such a wonderful reward because you get to know what your practice is. You get to know um, how to work your circumstances, both internal and external in a way um, that amplifies your magic as opposed to um, hindering it. And so um, I think that's what this this Knight of Pentacles or Onija Kauri um, card speaks to is doing the real work, pursuing your personal style of magic, faithfully, slowly, steadily, and it will be the thing that you can depend on. Mm. What do you pull? The devil. Wow. Trickster card. Okay. Mm -hmm. And <sighs> all right, the card the the card is the illusion, right? It's the whole point of mm. of this card is the way way illusions are you feeding? <sighs> yeah. So that's fun. sitting on a um, opposite of a high note today <laughs> and not really a low not really a low but a space of, of growth and interrogation absolutely oof what illusions you letting lead and guide what are the choices to be made around those yeah I mean, I think choices definitely have to be made in order to like shape your own personal style of magic. Like mm -hmm. you can't, well, I'm not going to say you can't, you could, but mm -hmm. a lot of refinement and power and practice is making some choices, focusing the energy intention. 
Is there anything else you'd like to say about that match? <laughs> I'm not doing nothing about nothing for the nothing. You look real <laughs> over. Tell me right why that, that is the first tarot card I have pulled in a second. <laughs> wow. I, <laughs> what do you need to be interrogating, Maisha? Ooh, I don't know what I want it. <laughs> what do you need to be interrogating? I pulled this card with you. There's always interrogation. I'm always interrogating. But anyway. <laughs> There's always more to investigate. There's always more to investigate. And you know, really, that's what which were to you the podcast is that comes out every other <laughs> every other Sunday. You can find us on all the podcasting uh applications that I think are real and know to be true in the world. You can also follow us on Instagram at underscore which which are you where you can send again adornments. Like if your magic is adornment, send us those things. We totally want to know. Send you any nudes slash send the the podcast nudes. So then we'll be stoked. And it's that time again where we are available and open to having Yvonne read your full chart to get a better understanding of who you are. And uh, you know, a slight, a slight read, right? A slight, sometimes a drag. Halfway to a drag, the full drag. It's usually a drag. Sometimes a read, <laughs> mostly is a drag. <laughs> mostly is a drag. Ugh. Either way, you'll be stoked and I'll be stoked. <laughs> yeah. To know those yeah. things. Also, we're teaching a class on October 30th, Language and Libation, where your favorite co-hosts give you writing prompts and booze, drink, mocktail, cocktail recipes, and we spend time together. So peep that. Uh, you can find that link in I in the Instagram things, in the Instagram world. <laughs> yeah. Link is in not only the Witch Witcher You, on the Witch Witcher You page, but also yours. So huzzah. If you're like, wow, that's not enough places to get a perfect dose of Mishani money. There are others, and you can find some. You could, because October 24th, we're co hosting a show <laughs> with Poetry Society New York. There it is. <laughs> uh, come through. We're hosting a Witches Coven show. Come through in your costumes. We will be there with lace, our leather, and our costumes hosting a show for you. And we're super excited. So. You can find us all month long, basically. You can have really us all, all, all the long. time. What all a gift time. that is! What a you. gift! What a fucking gift! We're wow. gifting you the, wow. the presence of ours. I know how my love language shows up, and it's in gift giving, and I—that's why I'm giving you. So, if you're if your love wings are in quality time, you can spend quality time with us. Not only here on this podcast every other Sunday, right? But in all of these yeah. events, you got options. So many. Awkward end? Awkward end. Okay. Yeah, this cool. has been cool. Which Which Are You? We will see y'all in <laughs> two weeks. Pew, pew, pew. pew.